The following program is brought to you by the 511 Media Group. This program is available on iTunes, Spotify, the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, and 511mediagroup.com. What is going on, Spookles and Witches? Welcome back to another Lights Out podcast. Hopefully, regular scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are back on our serial killer cult grind with uh, Jim Jones this week. And uh, oh god, I forgot the I forgot the name of the church already. Oh uh, no, People's Temple. <laughs> People's Temple. Francisco. That was it. I was People's Town. That was my. That People's was Town. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Off to a great start, man. Yeah. I feel like everyone knows at least the something phrase about. for Jim Jones. The everyone knows something about Jim Jones. It's usually the Kool-Aid. That's the thing that everyone knows. Um, He's in a lot of pop culture. Yeah. A lot of pop culture. I mean, it still is to this day the biggest mass suicide ever committed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. It's insane how many people That's like my whole died. graduating class from high school committed yeah. suicide. Yeah. That's how many people just died. Yeah. <laughs> In that area, I just—it's a lot. Yeah. It's too much for me. Um, but before we get started, um, I just wanted to throw out that our uh, episode is going to be a little delayed next week. We are getting back from vacation, um, uh, but I hope it'll be worth it. We are sneak peek. Uh, we're doing Jack the Ripper. Um, so we're gonna be hopefully doing a couple of uh research days over vacation. Um. But nonetheless, we're going to be a little delayed, so we apologize. Things have been messy. Scheduling has been bad. It's it's (laughs) been a real busy month. Yeah, between just working and scheduling this and vacation coming up, it's just been it's been a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And my school just started back up again, so it's it's been crazy. It's been it's been a lot. I've been very stretched. I I had an eye twitch for. Almost a week. Yeah. <laughs> so. You came into work, my eyes still twitching. Like, I don't it know was how like four days later. <laughs> it started on Tuesday. I came into work Friday. I was like, my eyes still twitching. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Drink water, but even you carry a gallon with you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, another thing to keep an eye out for, uh, we also just opened up our merch shop. We are having our lovely tattoo artist design another logo for you guys. Uh, we're super stoked about it. I have no idea what it's going to be yeah. yet. Um, I'm really excited. But we love Danny. He's great. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We posted it in um, our bio on Facebook, we have the link, and also it's in our link tree, um, Lights Out Podcast X on link tree, um, and it's on there now. I ordered myself a sweatshirt. Um, it's fifteen percent off, I believe, by the time this podcast comes up. Still, so you'll get fifteen percent off the order, which is dope. Um, so we have that as well. Uh, be sure you follow us on socials to keep up with that. And as well, I recently found out that you can rate things on Apple Podcasts <laughs> or Spotify. Yeah. So um, if you could, if you're a fellow listener and you put up with us every week or just you're stopping by, just shoot us a star if you care. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe five if you like us enough. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your opinion. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, when we got a recommendation, it was like, 
wow <laughs> yeah that was so exciting i Somebody saw it i was cares. like ah! <laughs> um but we got a lot of really cool stuff coming up um we took more suggestions we sat down at dinner and got like a ton of stuff thrown at us oh yeah um so look out for a lot of more true crime coming up um a lot of just fun stuff is coming up i, yeah. I think our next couple months are looking good so far oh yeah we got lots of good stuff coming like the suggestions we've got are just very intriguing and very interesting. A lot of unsolved stuff. A yeah. lot of just horrible things. <laughs> All the unsolved stuff is always It fun makes me frustrated. To talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that's kind of like this today. I mean, Jim Jones isn't an unsolved case, but I mean, there's a lot of aspects about it that aren't solved. Yeah. Like why he truly decided to have a mass suicide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... But yeah, I guess we'll get into it and we can discuss a little bit mm-hmm. more. But anyway, thank you again for everyone out there who puts up with us every week. Um, we love you. So let's get into Jim Jones, who loved his people as well. But we're not going to put you to do mass suicide. No, no, no. We love you just in a normal, healthy way. Um, but getting into it, uh, Jim Warren Jones was born on May 13th, 1931. Damn, and he's old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My uh, great-grandparents were born in the 20s. Oh, my. I think my grandparents were born in the 40s. 40s. 50s, actually. My gra- yeah, my par- my grandparents are young. Anyway, Jim Jones is an old-ass man yeah. right now. <laughs> he was born in Indiana. He was a American cult leader who promised his followers a utopia in the jungles of South America after proclaiming himself Messiah of the People's Temple, a San Francisco-based evangelist. I can't say this word. Even when I was doing the research, I was struggling to evangelist? say this word. Yes, that word. I didn't know if that's what you were saying. That I is just- exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I heard E, and yeah. that's just where my brain went. Yeah, yeah. evangelist is a Christian divination. Yeah. So. Yeah. More you know. Um, He (laughs) ultimately led his followers into a mass suicide, which left more than 900 dead, which became known as the Jonestown Massacre of November 18th, 1978. I was talking to my dad about this earlier when we were eating dinner. I'm like, were you alive for Jim Jones? I know he was like preaching in the 60s, but I forgot. I didn't know when they committed the suicide so i was like mm-hmm. i don't know if you're old enough i mean he was eight but yeah my parent my parents were like in their teens around this time <laughs> so they're probably like oh shit my mom too actually i don't know okay. i'm saying huh <laughs> my mom <laughs> is the same boat <laughs> uh so before we get into the actual suicide and all that i'm gonna talk about some background info on the infamous jim Jones. He's got a freaking weird life, dude. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast on my walk, and then I watched the documentary, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as a young child, Jones became a regular churchgoer, and after graduating from Butler University, he decided to join the ministry. In the 1950s and 60s in Indianapolis, and Jones gained a reputation as a charismatic churchman who claimed to have psychic powers such as the ability to foretell the future and miraculously heal those who were sick. Yes, they called this faith healing. There is a supernatural episode in season yeah, one. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes. I think it's a super cool one. That's why they always say don't tie demons to you because they will retaliate because mm-hmm. they do not like to be tied down. 
Hence why the man who did the faith healing was killed. Yeah. <laughs> or the but, woman, I should say. I think it was the wife that did it. But spoiler yes. alert. <laughs> Show's been out for like 20 years, but spoiler alert. Yeah, I see. Like, I'm on the supernatural side of TikTok and sometimes in the comments, like, spoiler. And I'm like, okay, this show has been around long, longer than you have. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, like, they're just wrapping it up, but like, come on. <laughs> um. He was a vocal prominent of the racial integra- integration, a position that ran afoul of some church o- elders. In 1955, he established the Wings of Deliverance, a Pentecostal church that eventually became known as the People's Temple. So this is the birth of his whole cult, basically, even though it wasn't a cult yet, much similar to the commune that has been all over tiktok everyone's like oh that's gonna be a cult we're just watching it happen to like when i was listening to them talk about the people's temple it didn't sound like they had bad religious ideas like it actually sounded pretty liberal for the most part i mean like they were really open to color they had a very colored church um they just had very liberal ideas which is not very church like yeah. <laughs> especially for a christian divination which i'm pentecostal is a little off <laughs> the beaten road but um still i i think that initially like the things that they believed in weren't entirely wrong and a lot of yeah. very at the time they were very innovative and forward ideas yeah. like they definitely were ahead of the times and in the 60s when there was still a lot of racism like that was a huge step and like that's one thing one of the only good things that jim jones could be remembered for was being open to color i mean mm-hmm. he was definitely abusive and a gaslighter and manipulative and whatever else but if you look at only one good thing he ever did it was being open yeah <laughs> Um, during his time, he uh, he noted for, during this time he was noted for his time working with the homeless. In the early 1960s, he served as a director of Indianapolis's Human Rights Commission. Fearing a nuclear war, Jones relocated his church to Northern California in 1965, first settling in Ukiah and San Francisco in 1971. Following the move, Jones adopted the name The Prophet. Does that remind you of anyone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch our Jared Leto episode, that is exactly what he goes by. Yeah, he also went by father and like, yeah, anyway. Tell me it's not a cult. Tell me it's not. Because <laughs> it me is. it's not a cult without telling me it's not a cult. Yeah. He, Jared Leto's a prophet, apparently. Um, Moving on. And apparently he became obsessed with the exercise of power. He was obsessed with power his whole life. Yeah. Um, I was listening to some of their childhood stuff because it's podcast and podcast is um, they do one of my favorite uh, serial killers is their podcast that I absolutely adored. I listened to it all the time when I would travel. Um, they have a one for cults. And okay. so I was listening to their episode because I actually like the speakers. Like if you listen to somebody who has the most monotone and flat voice, you just want to like stab your eye out like yeah. it's horrible so i really like them especially because they go back and forth and like they do a lot of psychological stuff and they were talking about how like he's always kind of had this power issue and it was because i think for the most part so his mom was like the breadwinner of the house because so she married her husband who is 16 years older than her and he got injured 
so he did a lot of like part-time work and like kind of less work so he just wasn't making as much money as he did yeah um before his injury so his wife worked in a factory and made the most money so she was never around and so he was kind of always alone and kind of had to raise himself and he was kind of like the outcast kid so then Ah. when he started going to school he started being like kind of manipulative with his behavior it kind of reminds me of like Jeffrey Dahmer and how he would try to appease the people around him so he would be liked and he would act different people pleaser Mm -hmm. and he would do all these things at school to like have people like him and make sure like he would play mind games so that they'd want to know more and like Mm. all this weird stuff and I think that a lot of it comes from the fact that like he saw his father and at the time like a lot of social roles and gender roles were very big so that's like something to keep in mind as well and it's not normal for a wife to be a breadwinner even Mm. today it's still not like the norm um so back in the day I think having him have a father who wasn't like the dominant gender in their house I think caused a lot of power dynamic issues in him okay. making him want to assert more power and have power <laughs> so I think he has control issues because of that um but I could be wrong that was just like an assumption I made based on like what they were saying in the podcast mm-hmm. um but yeah he like he's so fucked up like <laughs> he joined the ministry because his mom thought that he was going away from the church views so he did it so that she would like get off his back and have people still see him as like a good person okay yeah but then i started listening to the documentary and i was like (laughs) that's not a good that's not a good christian man at all (laughs) like that's kind of contradictory there buddy Mm -hmm. um before long he began began to face allegations most notably that he was illegally diverting the income of cult members for his own use that too (laughs) amid the mounting accusations jones and hundreds of his followers moved to guana and set up a agriculture commune called jonestown founded in 1977 as ruler of the sect jones confiscated passports and millions of dollars and manipulated his followers with threats of blackmail beatings and probable death yeah, so in the documentary, it's called uh, Finding Jonestown, I think, is the documentary. Okay. It's on Hulu. If you look up Jim Jones, it'll pop up. Um, but it's, they kind of talked about how he would make people sign things, like, saying that the parents were abusing their kids, and they were, like, finding their way through Jonestown and, like, through church or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He would, like make them sign these things that would basically get them arrested or something similar if they went out of the colony. Yeah. (laughs) And um, he would always, like, threaten the people who didn't follow him. And if they wanted to leave, like, you basically would get killed if you tried to leave. Um, So he basically, the people who were there, like, yes, he had his really devoted followers, but he also had... People who were terrified of him, which is why they didn't leave. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, even some of the people that did die in this mass suicide, like, a lot of it was involuntary. Yeah. There were a few people that actually did end up escaping by, like, getting out in the middle of the night when the watch guards weren't there and running through the forest. 
the jungle. Yeah. The fucking the, the jungle, jungle <laughs> of South America. Yeah. Which it's the jungle. You don't know what's living in there. But like these people were facing such horrible things that anything they faced out there would be better than living where they were. Yeah, it's either I die here or possibly Take die a chance out, out there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And and like the way so the documentary follows a couple of people who were in Jonestown that did escape, whether it was on um the plane ride, which I'm not sure if you have that in your notes or anything, but I did read the transcripts. So yeah, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um there were people who left with them that were on the documentary as well and they talked about it. And I mean, they also have like a ton of survivor's guilt, but I think they're also super grateful that they're not there and they didn't end up like everyone else yeah. because like a lot of them wanted to die just be- so they could get away from him. Yeah. So like maybe some of the suicides were voluntary just so they could get away from him and just yeah. stop living the life. It wasn't because he wanted them to die. It was because they, they wanted-, wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, he also staged bizarre rehearsals for ritual mass suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had the first time it happened. So this is the Criminal Minds episode I told you about. Mm-hmm. So I've been really into Criminal Minds again lately. And so this one episode I was watching, I think it's in season four for reference. I don't know the exact episode. But they were going after this cult um, that lived like a colony. And it's like the typical like... They don't know what's it, what it's like outside of this. The prophet sexually abuses women and whatever. But, you know, ultimate plot line is the FBI got involved um, and they pretended to have like a suicide. <laughs> and it's basically the same way Jim Jones did. And they talked about it in the episode because Jim Jones gave them juice and they never had juice at the colony. So they were like, oh, my God juice (laughs) so it was like the best thing for them so they all drank this juice and he's like by the way there's poison in it and you have 24 hours to live and so everyone was like freaking out they're like what the fuck yeah and like a couple minutes later after everyone was getting all worked up he's like haha just kidding it's not poison (laughs) how funny (laughs) and so he's like you pass the loyalty test and it's the same thing in the Criminal Minds episode. So anyway, that was a parallel and really weird that I saw it right before this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he did that the first time. And then they would do these drills because he knew that people didn't agree with their lifestyle and that he was paranoid the FBI was going to come for them. Mm-hmm. And so they would run drills to defend their home and they'd have people like barricading doors. Oh, God. <laughs> and like getting guns or like some kind of weapon and just you know trying to defend the you know the commune the castle like they were just it's horrible but they would do that and then another thing would be they would drink that if they ever got in or if they're about to be you know breached they would commit suicide yeah now we're getting into the days leading up into the mass uh the huge massacre. So on November 14th, 1978, U.S. Representative Leo Ryan of California arrived in Guana with a group of reporters and relatives to the cultists. This to, is it. <laughs> to conduct a unofficial investigation of the alleged abuses. Four days later, as Ryan's party and 14 defectors from the cult prepared to leave from a 
uh, airstrip near Jonestown, Jones ordered the group the group to be assassinated. However, only Ryan and four others were killed, fearing those who had escaped might bring in the authorities. Jones activated his suicide plan. Yeah, so this is where a lot of the documentary talked about it. It was when you were here, actually. They mm-hmm. talked a lot about it. But basically, this congressman was like a guy who wasn't afraid to do things that people normally wouldn't do. He like stayed in a prison for 24 hours to see what it was like. All this weird shit. Shame he died, by the way. But basically, they went there. They saw how horrible it was, and they went to leave. And as they were leaving, they're like, does anyone want to come with us? Because mm-hmm. they were giving them a way out if they wanted it. And people ran. There was like 18 other people that left <laughs> because they just could not fathom being there anymore. And like there were obviously more people that wanted to leave. But like at the time, those were the people brave enough to leave. Um, and as they were trying to leave, they had to call in another ship. Because the one they had was not enough for the extra people. Because <laughs> okay. they didn't anticipate all these people coming. Um, so they called in another ship. And while they were waiting for the next plane, um, that's when his so-called thugs that he had came up on, like, a truck that you see in, like, the really old-ass country movies. Yeah. And they started opening fire. Five people died. And the rest all lived. <laughs> and... It's so horrible, but yeah, they um, they decided to commit suicide after that. Mm-hmm. Um, on November nineteenth, or not nineteenth, eighteenth, uh, he commanded his followers to drink cyanide adulterated punch in order that uh, in order that the vast majority of them passively and inexplic- inexplicably obeyed. Jones himself died of a gun- gunshot wound to the head, possibly self inflicted. Guananese troops reached Jonestown the next day, and the death toll of the cultists was eventually placed at 913, including 304 people under the age of 18. I saw it was 990, but I don't know where the numbers are coming from. Mm. (laughs) Either way, um, the documentary kind of talked about how they started passing out the punch. And they say it's flavored, which is essentially Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Just not branded. Um, but yeah, it was cyanide laced. And then I guess they anticipated people being upset and wanting to leave because I had the syringes. Mm-hmm. So like they killed the babies with syringes. So 200 babies were killed and um, they used syringes. And a lot of them either, a lot of mothers fought back and then... Um, they had to watch their babies die and just like all this horrible stuff. Um, and a lot of people try to leave. And if they try to leave, they got shot or they got a shot of cyanide. Either yeah. way, either they way. either got a gunshot or a shot um, of cyanide. So either way, everyone was dying. Mm-hmm. Nobody was getting out. Um, I know there were a couple survivors of that day. I don't know how they survived. Maybe after he was shot. <laughs> yeah. Um they they got they got away. I don't know. Um but overall they're just it's just really sad. Um I mean if you think about it these people wanted to believe in something and especially when they moved to South America, they didn't really have any outside communication, so they didn't know what was wrong and yeah. by the time they did, it was too late. <laughs> so it's just a really sticky situation and like there's a lot of research on cults and cult members mm-hmm. because it's such a fascinating subject like everyone's fascinated with serial killers but 
you know why serial killers do what they do. Yeah. And they usually get caught. But with cults, it's completely different. And there's no easy way to explain what happens in there. And every cult's different. A lot of them end in suicide. A lot of them end in murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... Because it's not like s- someone randomly just wakes up and is like, you know what, I'm going to start a cult and make everyone believe I'm God. Like, it ta- it's time where they're, like, building up and thinking, like, oh, maybe I want to, like, start a commune away from the government, be our own group of people, don't have to listen to these rules, and then someone comes into a step of power and then they abuse that power and they're like, okay, we're going to listen to me now. I'm your God and kill kill them. From what I understand, things didn't really take off like that until they got to Jonestown. Mm-hmm. So until they established that, everything was kind of just normalized until he started really making the threats and making it seem like there was no way out. And a lot of people just like didn't know what to do. They were just stuck. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they left their country, moved to South America, it's like, okay, we're going to change the game here. Because, I mean, if they're willing to follow him, then that must have just proven that he could do anything he wanted yeah. at that point. Yeah. And he also used a lot of scare tactics on them. I, In the transcripts, I was reading how he told a lot of the people that people from Russia were going to come on planes and drop bombs on them. So they needed to all die. I'm sure it didn't help that the 60s was a time of post-war mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm sure it didn't help that the talk of nukes and nuclear technology um and the possibility of russia being involved just didn't help yeah um he knew what he was doing i think the worst part about the documentary was just like the end because they had to ship all the bodies back to america if they were claimed but they still had to pay for them to come home that's ridiculous I mean, like, I get it to a point, like, have to pay some kind of fee for, like, the fuel and yeah. whatever. But, like, that somebody's loved ones just died. <laughs> and you're making them pay to get them back or they get buried in a hole in South America? Yeah. Like, how many people didn't get to go home? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of the people in this cult were... From a, like, minority group, like, it was a huge black community, uh, a lot of homeless people. So, like, there's a huge group of people that probably just went into this giant hole because no one claimed them and no one had the money to get them back. At that point, how do you not be, like, as a country, we should make money to give to these people to get them to come home? Yeah, like they should have. There would be a GoFundMe yeah, today. If yeah, this is exactly. They they should have found because the people that lived in this country were aware of how messed up it was, which is why they came. They just came too late. They should have donated or tried to help the people who or the families who lost someone in this massacre. It's so terrible, and like they were stored in like these metal containers. Wow. (laughs) Lovely. Metal. Yeah. It just reminds me of like back when the plagues were around and just like how they would just bury people in holes. Mm -hmm. Like 
There's probably so much land of our country that has dead bodies somewhere oh, underneath yeah, it. Oh, yeah, completely. There, like, there's businesses on top of those plots of land, for sure. Like, how many of the people who died of yellow fever or the Black Plague, how many of their bodies do we step on every day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what it's like in South America, though. So, and it's not the South Americans necessarily, it's not their responsibility because they're Americans yeah. that came over and they weren't there like a super long time. No, they were only there for like n- a year. So it's, I mean, you can have a visa for a year. So yeah. like, it's not necessarily their job to get them home. It's no. the American government's job to get them home. Yeah. I just think, I don't know. It's just, it's a sh- really shitty thing. And it does suck that a lot of them were minorities. And mm-hmm. that was the downside of being an inclusive church. <laughs> and I think that's the downside of being drawn into that um, and being welcoming like that at the time because it was used and abused in a way. And maybe that's that was his method all along was to get people who didn't have a home and just manipulate them. And then they got nothing else to lose. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm curious as to what was the whole reason of him creating this church because he wanted to be more inclusive and include people from all paths of life that looked completely different or no, I think it was hundred percent just power and seeing how far people would go just to do what he wanted, which is absolutely ridiculous. This person is just manipulative as it has been established and just power hungry. Yeah. In the documentary, they talked about, like some of them still wonder why he did it like why they made he made everyone kill themselves Mm -hmm. or in turn killed them (laughs) basically he killed all of them yeah um because it was his word but um taking that away why did he make everyone do it like did he do it so he couldn't be alone and like i don't know any like a lot about his personal life i mean he was married he had Mm -hmm. kids and that's where the term like rainbow family came from yeah which is like uh, Angelina Jolie's family is considered a rainbow family because they have kids from different nationalities um, and color. But um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think I also read somewhere that random rainbow family also goes along with like a family that looks perfect on the outside but is real messy on the inside. That could also be true. <laughs> um, and then another thing was uh, the way he went out because he didn't die like everyone else, which makes me wonder if someone mm. just shot him yeah. <laughs> or if he did it himself. But the coroner thinks he did it himself. So it's kind of harder to imitate someone killing themselves. So, I mean, I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. But, I mean, I would have wanted to get him shot. <laughs> oh, if yeah. it was You're that like, or my life dying okay i'm gonna shoot this guy yeah easy way out i mean anyway either way it's it's why did he do this and why did he make everyone else suffer because of it yeah and i also read somewhere that um one of his kids talked about his, jim jones and how inside of the cult he seemed very caring and wanted to be a father to everyone and, like, he gave that to a lot of kids in this cult except his own children. Like, he cared more for other people's kids than his own. Because it was all part of the act. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
a lot of people did see him as like a caring person, but they didn't know what lied underneath mm-hmm. and they didn't know what was really going on. So like an outsider might not have seen it right away. Yeah. I also feel like it could relate kind of maybe I, this just popped in my head right now, like a love bombing. So he was like giving all this caring and love to all these people. And then all of a sudden it flip flopped and he was manipulating them to get what he wanted. I think he did that from the beginning in a way, but he might have had good intentions going into it as well. But I think that as soon as he saw how much power he really had, it just took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it it's a messy situation and there's a lot of things we don't have answers to and a lot of people lost their lives. So it's not something that's easily discussed. Yeah. Um, even today. I mean, like the documentary is the 40 year anniversary Oh, so shoot. yeah, it was pretty recent actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, and people are still like really affected by it today. Mm-hmm. So like one of the dudes is crying and it's hard to tell because they called him father. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's one of his kids or if it's like a follower. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, he did have a lot of really forward thinking ideas and I think that's what pulled a lot of people to him. But in turn, he definitely abused that Yeah, and turned it against them. He definitely looked for people who are weaker minded coming from backgrounds that weren't stable and offered them stability in a home. Yeah. And people took it. And then he used that too. And I'm sure for some of these people, they didn't have any other choice. They were like on the streets and they're like, okay, this guy's And a lot of families went. The reporter said that when um, people were trying to leave, they had husbands and wives pulling their kids like back and forth, like one wanting to leave and the other wanting to stay. So they were like pulling on their kids. Like, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> um, this was a shorter one today again, but I mean, there's only so much you can talk about with Jim Jones. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, there's not much information on him since no one really knows, like. A lot of people died with him. Yeah. So uh, there is a lot of transcripts and audio out there, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you could find yeah, if you, you can just hard enough. Google Jim Jones or Jonestown Massacre transcripts, and there's a huge document with they everything. They documented everything. Yeah. And then they wanted it released when the suicide was over. So Yeah. And I read through all of it after I got off one day, and I'm, like, sitting in the back room reading this, and I'm, like, screaming to myself, like, oh, my God. And people are just like, are, are you okay back there? You know, the guy was definitely delusional. And, oh, yeah. Uh, please don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> please. <laughs> I also I realized first. <laughs> um, that there was there's a Shinedown song that exists called Cyanide Sweet Tooth Suicide. And I never understood it until literally today. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. <laughs> you figured you know it how, out. You know how when you drink Kool-Aid, like the actual Kool-Aid, the package? Yeah. That it's so sugary mm-hmm. and it just like hurts your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that until today. So that's why I didn't realize it. Interesting. Don't drink cyanide either, please. Yeah. But nonetheless, again, we love you so much. We'll see you next week with Jack the Ripper.